Welcome to the AJP Heart and Cirque podcast. I'm Kara Hansel-Kihan. Today we'll discuss a new study by Yoshikawa et al. titled Inhibition of Glutaminase 1 Mediated Glutaminolysis Improves Pathological Cardiac Remodeling. This article was published on March 30th, 2022 in response to our call for papers on myocardial ischemia and inflammation. Joining me today are editorial board member Junichi Satoshima, corresponding author Manabu Nagao, and consulting editor Jun Yoshioka. Let's get started. Uh, thank you, Kara. Today, uh, we will discuss the interaction between metabolism and cardiac hypertrophy. The heart can use various substrates to produce ATP and cellular materials. In this study, the authors show the importance of glutaminolysis during cardiac hypertrophy. They show that glutaminase, a rate-limiting enzyme for glutaminolysis, is upregulated during cardiac hypertrophy whereas suppression of glutaminase 1 attenuates cardiac hypertrophy. Using stable isotope labeling, they showed glutaminolysis produces aspartate and citrate through TCA cycle. So first of all, I'd like to congratulate the authors for publishing a very interesting paper. Dr. Nagao, what is the most important message you wish to convey to the AJP readers? Thank you, Dr. Sadoshima. It's my great honor to be invited to join this podcast discussion. To our knowledge, this is the first study to demonstrate the regulation and roles of glutamine metabolism in failing heart, especially focusing on glutaminase 1, GLS1. Our message is that GLS1 mediated upregulation of glutaminolysis contributes to maladaptive cardiac remodeling by increasing anabolic reactions for cellular hypertrophy and proliferation. Thank you, uh, Dr. Nagao. I would like to ask uh, Dr. Jun Yoshioka to proceed to further discussion. Jun, please. Sure, thank you. So as we all know, fatty acids and carbohydrates are two major energy sources for cardiomyocytes. Both are converted to acetyl-CoA and enter into the TCA cycle. I always thought that the TCA cycle starts at the 12 o'clock and ends at the 12 o'clock. Reactions in between are to provide NADH and FDH2, which drive electron transport chain to generate ADP. I think this paper is a game changer in a way that it shows counterclockwise shift of the TCA cycle contributes to the cardiac remodeling. Until I read this paper, I never realized how important glutamine metabolism is in cardiomyocytes. Glutaminolysis is activated way faster than glycolysis in response to acute cellular stress. Dr. Nagao, when you started this project, what made you believe that the glutamine metabolism played such a huge role in cardiac hypertrophy? Why did you focus on glutamine metabolism? Would you tell us the background story, how you came up with this new interesting idea? Thank you for great questions, Dr. Yoshioka. Uh, also in the study, Dr. Irino and his colleagues previously reported that cancer cells rapidly consumed glutamine 
during the growth phase. In contrast, glutamine depletion suppresses the proliferation. Strikingly, this proliferation is dependent on ammonia produced at the first step reaction of glutamine lysis. This study was published in BBRC in 2018, and then several studies have shown that increased glucolysis and the shunting of glucose to other metabolic pathways, such as exosamine biosynthetic pathway or pentose phosphate pathway, do not compensate for cardiac energy deficit, but also lead to cardiac hypertrophy by providing metabolic intermediates for biomass synthesis or stimulating the progress signaling pathway such as mTOR pathway. From these studies and considering that glutamine is the most abundant amino acid in blood, we hypothesized glutamine is deeply associated with cardiac energy metabolism or biomass synthesis for cellular growth or proliferation. Thank you. I am also wondering how angiotensin II induces expression of glutaminase one. Your group has previously shown that the oxidative stress activates glutaminase one, as you just uh, explained, which makes sense because glutamate is a precursor of glutathione and a reduced glutathione can neutralize oxidative stress. So this could be a feedback mechanism. On the other hand, your data suggests that the downstream signaling pathway of AT receptor was not necessarily affected much in this study. You did not see any activation of MAP kinases. So Dr. Nagao, do you think angiotensin II regulates glutaminase one primarily mediated by oxidative stress? If so, other pathological hypertrophic stimuli such as pressure overload and endothelium-1 can also use the same mechanism to promote cardiac hypertrophy as long as they produce loss. Would you share your thoughts about this point? Yes, as you said, it is an important point. What kinds of stress or signals regulate GLS-1? It has been reported that shemic and oncogene and microRNA-23 and sirtuin 5 regulate GLS-1 expression or activity, and also I think oxidative stress was one of the candidates to activate GLS-1. In our previous study, oxidative stress upregulated GLS-1 activity, which compensated for the loss of TCS cycle intermediates and exerted cardioprotective effects by maintaining ATP and glutathione levels. In human pancreatic ductal adenocarcinoma cells, oxidative stress induced succinylation of GLS-1 and enhanced GLS-1 activity which is reported by Dr. Tong in Molecular Cell in 2021. Regarding heart failure models, a previous study reported that GLS-1 was increased at the protein level in wild-type mouse heart with TAC-induced hypertrophy. Therefore, I think oxidative stress is a possible inducer of GLS-1 activation in failing heart. But the mechanism is still unknown, so further research is required about this issue. Great. I like the theory you explained in this paper. You explained that the cancer cells are addicted to glutamine because it meets demand of biomass synthesis in tumor growth. In a similar way, the failing hearts crave glutamate because taking up glutamine helps cardiomyocytes to get hypertrophied. If you can stop the addiction, then you can prevent the progression of cardiac hypertrophy. That is a cool concept. 
Now, I wonder if this is also the case in physiological hypertrophy. Yuktendagao, do you think cardiomyocytes and the physiological hypertrophy are also starving for glutamine? What would happen if the stimulant was more physiological, such as exercise or insulin-like growth factor? It's really important to consider the difference in cardiac metabolism between physiological and pathological state. But as far as I know, there are no studies which show how cardiac glutamylysis is regulated in physiological hypertrophic stimulation, including exercise, IGF, or something. As you know, a number of studies reported that a regulation of fatty acid oxidation and glycolysis in normal heart with exercise, whereas there is little evidence about the contribution of amino acid metabolism to physiological hypertrophy. When it comes to the uh, cardiac amino acid metabolism, I think branched chain amino acid, BCAA, attracts a great deal of attention and is most well researched. BCAA oxidation is only a little source of, for ATP production in the normal heart, whereas it is known that BCAA plays an important role in regulating insulin or mTOR signaling. That's why it's probable that glutamine and the other amino acids affect some signaling pathways involved in cardiac growth or hypertrophy. Great, thank you. Dr. Sadashima, please. Okay, so uh, let me ask you uh, few questions at the end. So I just want to know more about uh, glutamine metabolism in heart failure. You touched a little bit in your discussion and also your paper shows that glutaminase is important uh, in mediating pathological hypertrophy. But probably it's very important for us to know how the glutamine metabolism is regulated and also uh, particularly what's the role of glutaminase uh, in heart failure condition. And also, uh, I just want to know whether glutaminase inhibition can be considered for the treatment of heart failure. Thank you, Dr. Sushima. It's a very important point in our study. Uh, regarding the role of glutaminase 1 in heart failure, uh, there are almost no studies to investigate the roles and regulatory mechanisms of GLS-1 so far. but about glutamine uptake into heart, we confirmed no significant change of carbon-13 labeled glutamine uptake in angiotensin II treated cardiomyocytes in the expression of SLC1A5. It's the main transport of glutamine. The enzyme did not change in hypertrophied mouse heart. On the other hand, Kenil and his colleagues demonstrated that Reduced expression of SLC1A5 and glutamine content in the heart tissue of patients with chronic heart failure. This work is published in Circulation Heart Failure in 2019. From these findings, at least glutamine uptake in failing heart is not increased. In contrast, we found the increase of glutamine in angiotensin II treated mice hearts, but the derivation of the increased glutamine remains unclear. We speculate this is partly due to the protein degradation or denoble synthesis of glutamine in the failing heart. Anyway, we need further elucidation about how glutamine lysis is regulated in human heart failure. And uh, regarding the second question about whether GLS-1 can be a target for heart failure treatment, glutamine is an important energy source 
and building block of proteins and nucleotides for rapidly proliferating cells, like cancer cells. Therefore, inhibition of glutamine lysis is expected to be a novel therapy to prevent cancer development. Indeed, CB839, a GLS1 inhibitor, has been tested in clinical trials of several cancers. It shows anti-tumor effect in combination with anti-cancer drugs. Considering these facts, GLS1 inhibitor might be a new therapeutic option for heart failure treatment. In particular, I'm interested in the effect of GLS1 inhibitor on HFPEF. Cardiac hypertrophy and fibrosis are the main cause of left ventricular diastolic dysfunction followed by HFPEF, which is currently recognized as the most common form of heart failure in the world. Also, most of the conventional medications used to heart failure do not improve the prognosis of patients with HFPEF. The present study may contribute to a better understanding of molecular mechanisms of HFPEF and could be clinically applied to its treatment as a future direction. Of course, further elucidation is needed when GLS1 inhibition is used in clinical settings, since it might exert unpreferable effects on other pathological conditions, such as myocardial infarction or several cardiomyopathies. Well, thank you, Dr. Nagao. I initially thought that uh, this uh, glutaminolysis may supply ATP to the heart and also uh, may uh, increase the survival of cardiomyocyte. But uh, your uh, results suggest that uh, you know inhibition of glutaminase uh, can in inhibit the pathological hypertrophy. So certainly, the uh, story is more complicated. And uh, you know, I, I thought that your finding is extremely interesting and. Uh, Obviously, further studies needed to find out whether this is good or bad for heart failure. But thank you very much for giving us a very interesting thought about the role of glutamine. We learned a lot from this article and authors, and I really would like to thank Manabu and Jun for very interesting discussion. And let's close the session, Kara. Thanks for listening to this episode of the AJP Heart and Circ podcast. Our theme music was written and performed by Ray Mitchell. Catch the latest episodes of our podcast at physiology.org slash journal slash AJP Heart.